Welcome to Simply Bitcoin Live. We're your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution. We cover breaking news, culture, matter, warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Very interesting day today. Two things happened. Uh, officially, the Fed now, which I think is the first iteration of an American central bank digital currency, was released today, officially launched today. And then also a interesting research paper coming out of the Federal Reserve uh, branch of Cleveland. They wrote a research paper admitting that Bitcoin uh, is money or can be money because of the Lightning Network. And it's interesting because this is uh, completely goes against uh, the wording from the Treasury. The Treasury released a report, a report um, late last year, and the name of the report was The Future of Money and Payments. In that entire report, even though it was called The Future of Money and Payments, they mentioned Bitcoin as an innovation. Um, and uh, we've been making the case over the last year, the reason that they didn't do that is because they can't admit that money can exist that doesn't decrease in purchasing power over time. The things that they've, they saw as the future of money and, pay and money and payments are stable coins and payment platforms, right? Which would allow them to, uh, to, uh, to keep that privilege of being able to create money for free that everyone else has to work for. And because they're able to print that money, it devalues everyone else holding it, right? Uh, devaluing everyone else's, um, who's holding that said currency. So um, this is a very interesting day, these two things happening at the same time. Lots of coincidences over the, over the last couple of weeks, right? We had the BlackRock ETF news and the next day Fidelity news. Then they Fidelity and, and Charles Schwab were uh, coming together to announce that they were launching some type of Bitcoin exchange. And then a couple of weeks before you had Binance being sued by the SEC. And then the next day Coinbase being sued by the SEC. It seems like the news is just comes all at once, right? It's it's uh, it's very interesting. Anyways, we have all the information for you guys today. We're going to break it down. We're going to we're going to dive deep into it. But before we start the show, I want to bring up my legendary co-host who's always optimistic, always has a giant smile on his face. His name is Optimus Fields. That's why his name is Optimus Fields. He didn't send me a selfie this morning for some reason though. Why is that Opti? Uh, I woke up late. I overslept. My alarm didn't wake me up. And I didn't want to get out of bed. Hence, no selfie. But let's go! We're here. We're winning. As you can tell, I've been drinking a lot of coffee. I feel great this morning. <laughs> but uh, crazy, crazy news, Nico. I, I didn't even dive into uh, this Federal Reserve paper. I, I did kind of see it. It went through my radar. I, I might have dropped it in the show notes, but I didn't get enough time to deep dive into it. So I'm excited to hear some Nico Jones rants on this one. This is going to be interesting. And then, of course, guys, yesterday, um, I am pretty sure. Let me double check. Yes. OK, Nico is not covering the video on the numbers today. So I told you guys that we would uh, go over this video from yesterday uh, by you. What's his name? Yuval Harari about how, you know, a uh, Money is just a story, and I was going to tell you about the properties of money. Well, we're going to go hard on this. I, I do have a few articles here to explain money. Hopefully, it doesn't get boring and we can get excited and 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 you know educate you all at the same time. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna dunk on some some uh, some World Economic Forum members today, Nico. So I, I know this is right up your alley, 
And also, we're going to, you know, educate some I, people I, I about money. Call, like the, the World Economic Forum, we just call it the Contillionaire Conference, right? Like just just call it the Contillionaire Conference because that's what it is. It's just Contillionaire Contillionaire Forum. Contillionaire Forum. Like that's really what it is. Like <laughs> like the because the, everyone kind of sees it from like this like conspiratorial angle where it's like, oh, you know, these these evil people, like they're like just scheming and coming up with things. But no, that's just. It, the the that forum and the crazy ideas that come out of that forum are not due to the necessary evil of some of these people. Maybe some of these people are inherently evil, but I really do believe it's because of the misaligned incentives of fiat. And then you get like these like kind of like Frankenstein uh, type of organizations, and you know the bureaucratic class has so much power. Um, and I think that's where you get these types of conferences. I wouldn't say that it's, you know, this like type of overarching conspiracy. I think it's literally due, be, due to broken money, broken money, broken incentives, broken money, broken incentives. Like it's as simple as that. Um, anyways, well, um, I mean, Nico, look, like, before we even dive into it, like if you had the ability, all of you guys ask yourself this right now and Hey, I am no better than my incentives. We see this all the time. If I had the ability to manipulate money and get richer, I am pretty sure that we would all do the same thing. So you can't really blame them because they have this position. They understand that you don't know what money is, hence why they can rob from you. It, it's pretty simple incentives. A hundred percent. I 100% agree with you. It's, it's, it's pretty simple incentives. I think that if you, if you understand incentives, you understand Bitcoin. I think that if you don't understand incentives, you don't understand Bitcoin. And the beauty of Bitcoin's incentives is it's, it's, it's an aligned incentive structure. So everyone wins. Right. And I don't think I haven't seen that in any other system. Right. And makes Bitcoin very, very unique, makes it equal. Right. It's equal across the board. Doesn't matter whether you're a billionaire or, you know, you're just a humble pleb like you have to get in line like everyone else and buy Bitcoin, mine, mine Bitcoin or earn Bitcoin. You don't have this like ability to get close to a money spigot like, you know, that that whole thing is just kind of turned on its head. And I think what the un unintended consequence of that is is that it actually incentivizes better behavior, right? It's it's just interesting, the whole thing. It's a very interesting phenomenon. Anyways, everybody, let's move on to numbers. We got a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. The Bitcoin numbers. Is your Bitcoin in cold storage really secure? Is your seed phrase really secure? Stamp Seed's do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial-grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper. Don't store your generational wealth on paper. Paper is prone to water damage, fire damage. You want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet Earth, titanium. Your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps. And once your words are in, they aren't going anywhere. No risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere. Titanium stamp seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire. They're also crush proof, waterproof, non-corrosive and time proof. All things that paper is not allowing you to hodl your Bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul. Stamp your seed on stamp seed. That's right, everybody. Make it over the finish line with your generational wealth. You could scan the QR code on the screen right now and it'll take you directly to the stamp seed website. And you could use the promo code simply to get 15% off. So scan the QR code right now. Anyways, at the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is 29,000. 
three uh the sats per dollar is three thousand three hundred and sixty block height seven hundred ninety nine thousand five hundred fifty forty two blocks to having forty thousand five four hundred and fifty eight having estimates april 19th 2024 total lightning network capacity four thousand nine hundred forty six capacity value 147 million us dollars realized monetary inflation 1.76 percent the market capitalization of bitcoin 578 billion dollars with a b bitcoin versus gold market cap 4,000 uh, sorry 4.44 percent that number is going to continue to go up and the realized monetary inflation will continue to go down isn't it beautiful anyways bitcoin stays winning i have a clip for you guys this is a, a retweeted video from joe consorti uh, i think he hosts the bitcoin layer it's a youtube channel and uh, he's retweeting or tweeting a video from Documenting Bitcoin. Great account. Highly recommend you guys check it out. Anyways, uh, Joe Consorti says, former C-list actor turned professional complainer Ben McKenzie gets refuted by a dude that read 20 pages of the Bitcoin standard. Now, kind of like break it down, which I, I find interesting, right, um, is the fact that you have reporters or journalists or hosts or anchors, however which way you want to call them, on the legacy corporate media, on legacy corporate financial media, uh, you know, coming to the defense of Bitcoin. Now, I only saw that happening once the BlackRock ETF was announced. Isn't isn't it interesting how just things change, right? You have Larry Fink going on CNNBC basically saying, yeah, this thing has the potential to be a global money. Um, you know, this is going to have international consequences, like all this good stuff, talking up Bitcoin. Uh, and then that's only when, you know, you kind of see this change in tune. So it makes you like question, like, were they really being sincere before when they were criticizing Bitcoin? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But what Opti said in the very beginning of the show, right? No one is better than their incentives. Anyways, let's check out the clip and then we'll talk about it. Tom Leon, earlier this, he's great, smart guy, stock ass, thinks Bitcoin's going to 200,000. So we have, you know, Kathy Wood, um, BlackRock uh, wants to have a an ETF. Uh, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, uh, just... Paul Tudor Jones is long. Stan Druckenmiller. Sure. sure. And just across the board, it didn't take me long to understand how the unbanked could benefit from this. And I also understand the distributed ledgers. And I understand it, it was only. I, I mean, I didn't. You say you did a deep dive. It only took me about 20 pages of the Bitcoin Standard to understand that this was probably something that. Do you think, black, so, you think so all the, these firms are going to have egg on their face? So it's going, it's a democratized, to, decentralized future of money is brought to you by BlackRock? I don't know. Black, they, maybe. They may, I mean, if, if, if they think it's uh, gold, if they think it's digital gold. Right, exactly. And that's why I was explaining the difference between uh, no, supply I heard that, but and so scarcity. A lot of smart people are, so, are fooled by it. You think it's going to zero eventually? No, that's, that's like a... I mean, look, Where do you it's think a it's story. It, I, I can't predict the future any more than anyone else, but I you would say this. You think it's going lower? Yes. Okay. It, it, do you think eventually there will not be something called Bitcoin? It's a story. It'll last as long as people believe in it. I mean, put your money where your mouth is, bro. That's all I got to say. But again, I think the news here really like the, the part that I got I want you guys to pay attention to is really the fact that the change in tune from this individual. Right. The fact that, you know, uh, uh, initially he uh, initially he was 
or the change in tune from the anchor and legacy media, right? It was initially like, look, Bitcoin's bad, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not worth anything. And now they're like going to the defense of Bitcoin, right? And how much of that has to do with BlackRock? And I think that really, uh, really, really has, like, I think it has a giant role to play in the tune of how the legacy corporate financial media is covering the specific subject matter. So I find it interesting. Also, the actor kept like kind of like rocking in his chair and he's like, it's going to be lower than it is now. I mean, bro, then short it, dude. Like if you're so sure of it, short it. Um, he did. Nico and got wrecked. He did? Yeah. He lost a quarter million dollars. No. Yeah. Oh, so he he's like another uh, Nassim Taleb. Bitcoin huh? derangement syndrome. Is that, is that what we call it? Is that what we call it? We call it Bitcoin derangement syndrome? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. But Anyways. to your point, though, to yeah. your point, though, it is very interesting how um, the corporate press or even the mainstream consciousness is shifting on the idea of Bitcoin. And it's just absolutely hilarious that we, we still get to parade all these Bitcoin skeptics out there. You know, how many Bitcoin obituaries have we had? Like there, it's like <laughs> in the hundreds and yet Bitcoin is still alive. And, and it's really funny seeing these people uh, cope with the idea of, wait, why isn't Bitcoin dead? And instead of them changing their view on reality, they just double down on the idea of like, hey, there's other people that believe like me, man. And, uh, you know, it's just a story. And, and these people that just believe in this story, like what, what's wrong with them? How, how do they not know what I know? And it's like, hey, bro, uh, as I say all the time, you know, Bitcoin is – or the Bitcoin price is a real-time metric of people's understanding of not only money, but what Bitcoin is and what can offer for the world. And we're seeing in real time all the Bitcoin fiat skeptic or fiat maxi Bitcoin skeptics out there just try to grapple with what is going on here. And instead of facing reality, and, and this is also a testament not only to like the Bitcoiners out there that still use critical thinking, but to all the other people that have completely shut off their brain. And instead of changing their worldview and acknowledging what is and what's reality, they just double down, dig their head in the in the sand and, and try to avoid what's happening. They're literally like, la, 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 like this isn't real. This is fake. Like it's going to go to zero. And it's like, how, how many years have we've heard this same narrative? I, again, I feel like I'm in a, like the Truman Show or something like, uh, you know, what's that one movie where it's like, I feel like I'm taking crazy. Oh, Ground, Groundhog Day. Are you talking about oh, yeah. Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Groundhog yeah. Day. And uh, it's, man, what's the one? Zoolander? You know, like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills here. And this is why we tell you guys always to hang out with more Bitcoiners, hang out with more people that understand what's actually happening in the world, because these people that are completely detached from reality are more harmful than good for you. And yeah, you know, I love I love uh, all my friends and family and all, all that, out there, but I do my best to try to show them what reality is and no amount of screeching. And saying that, oh, money is just a story will change the fact that Bitcoin has taken over the world. And again, I'm doubling down on this idea of uh, money just being a shared fiction delusion or all this. I, I brought some receipts on this. So we're going to we're going to we're going to thoroughly destroy the idea of money just being a story. There's very real properties that make money what it is. And if you don't understand basic economics, you know, shouts out to Thomas Sowell, some basic economics uh, you're going to get wrecked and you're ahead of the curve as a Bitcoiner. So continue to stack them sats because we're winning. Yeah, we're winning, bro. 
Uh, again, dude, like if if we're seeing a change in tune from the legacy corporate media, we're seeing a change in tune from politicians. We 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 connect the dots on simply Bitcoin, everybody, because I think just single data points are just nothing, big nothing burgers. But if you kind of zoom out and you kind of see like the momentous change, right? Whether it's you know the second uh, is second in so uh, RFK Jr. You know he's second in place for the Democratic primary for president for 2024. Ron DeSantis also second, trailing Trump, and they're both vocally against central bank digital currencies and vocally supportive of you know in the DeSantis camp he's big, he's supportive of Bitcoin and shitcoins and RFK a very very vocal supportive of Bitcoin. I think yesterday's episode Opti you covered the fact that you know he wants to basically back the dollar by hard assets uh that either being gold silver bitcoin whatever and then he wants to get rid of uh the capital gains tax altogether for bitcoin increases which is just crazy like if you think about it that for a second like think about that for a second right they want to charge you because you're using better money and your money actually goes up in value over Cope. time and they want they want you to pay a tax for that which is just interesting. And of course, you know, color within the lines, you know, you got to do what you got to do, which is legal and all that stuff. But they just kind of question that for a second, right? They force you to use money that uh, decreases in purchasing power over time, right? And when you choose to opt out into a money that increases in purchasing power over time, they want to tax you for choosing that better money. Like, I think that's a very, very interesting discussion. I think I think the cat's out of the bag when the everyday average individual starts asking very basic questions like, why are we being forced to use a money that uh, that steals from us? And I think that is, you know, that is my main goal uh, as my purpose in life right now is to break out of the Bitcoin echo chamber and get that idea because a very powerful, simple idea into the the mainstream consciousness uh because i think that once they realize that once they grasp that i think we win like it is game is game set and match and i think that's precisely why uh the you know the the treasury um or the you know the current administration is so vocally against this i think that you know that's why the treasury just completely left out the the mere concept of Bitcoin being money in the first place, because if they validate that idea in the eyes of the public, um, the whole sh the whole the whole shtick is done. Their ability just to create money, print money, the privilege of the government for just to be able to print money, uh, that's over. It's done and dusted, right? So I think that's why they're avoiding it so much. Um, but I think uh, I think sooner than we anticipate. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be asking that very basic question. Why are we being forced to use a money that steals from us? Anyways, everybody, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the news. We got a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. The Daily News. The Daily News is brought to you by Blockstream Jade, built by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. It's an open source hardware wallet for the cold storage of Bitcoin. Check out the brand new limited edition color, the transparent green jade. Blockstream Jade houses a full color camera, allowing for fully air-gapped Bitcoin transactions, scan and display QR codes directly on the device, assign transactions, and verify addresses with ease. Use your Blockstream Jade with your favorite wallet software, such as Blockstream Green, Blue Wallet, Electrum, Sparrow. Get yourself a Blockstream Jade today and take self-custody of your Bitcoin. 
All right, guys, before we get to it, I kind of want to cover this. Uh, Kuwait regulator bans uh, Bitcoin and shitcoin payments, investments, and mining. The prohibitions are an effort to meet requirements set by the FATFA on preventing money laundering via crypto, the Capital Markets Authority said, right? So in itself, I always ask you guys to zoom out and connect the dots. Uh, if you just look at the news headline alone, you're like, this is just noise. This is just nothing. This is a bunch of BS. Kind of connect the dots. We've covered the Financial Action Task Force before. We've read you the papers from the United Nations before. And one of their one of their uh, narratives, right? Remember, there's a narrative that BlackRock used back in 2018. That is the reason as to why they, uh, you know, they didn't want to get involved in Bitcoin. What was the reason? Money laundering, money laundering. Well, we know, FATFA, that the vast majority of money laundering does not happen in Bitcoin. The vast majority of money laundering, when I say vast, I really mean most of it happens in US dollars. It happens via the banking system. It does not happen via Bitcoin, right? So I don't believe the FATFA when they do this. I don't believe regulators when they do this. But this is what I'll tell, this is what I'll tell, you know, this is what I'll say about Kuwait. And this is the beauty of Bitcoin. Kuwait wants to have fun staying poor. This just creates another opportunity for another jurisdiction to pick up where Kuwait left off. We saw this happen in China. What happened in China? China banned Bitcoin mining and they banned Bitcoin. What happened? The hash rate migrated to other places around the world, friendlier jurisdictions. Mining, uh, China lost, all, uh, lost out on all that mining revenue. A lot of Bitcoin and shitcoin companies left China. And what happened two or three years later? China is now using Hong Kong, right? And saying, hey, you know what? Actually, we want you guys to come back because we do want to benefit from NGU technology. So Kuwait, what I got to say to you is you got to you're following the, you know, the the advice from the, you know, the the high priests of fiat and the high priests of 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 of, you know, whatever. Like, so be it. That's you know, you're just shooting yourself. You're just shooting yourself in the metaphorical foot in the long haul. And again, I think that, yeah, you could you could ban people from, you know, banning uh, using Bitcoin, using financial rails. But there is a paper that was released by the IMF and the IMF is even admitting that these types of bans don't work. It's interesting because in countries that like uh, in, in countries where they don't have the financial privilege of having a stable fiat currency in those countries, you see the highest use of Bitcoin and shitcoin payments. And the biggest tell is Argentina. And Argentina, when they got that bailout from the IMF, just to kind of give you an idea of how spooked these people are, uh, part of that bailout came with the condition that the government of Argentina had to de-incentivize the adoption of Bitcoin, right? Even though fast forward a year later, they got the bailout, they followed the advice of the IMF and all that. You know, they had hyperinflation a year later. And guess what? Bitcoin adoption has never been higher in Argentina. So like and then take a look at El Salvador. What happened in El Salvador? I, I, the IMF said, hey, if you make Bitcoin legal tender, it's going to make, you know, money laundering, uh, financial instability. They, they said all these things are going to happen to El Salvador. Well, what happened? The exact opposite happened. So maybe the IMF is like Jim Cramer. Maybe countries have to do the exact opposite of what the IMF has, uh, 
is advising. And I mean, if you're reading the work by Alex Gladstein, he's done a great, incredible job unveiling a lot of the BS that the IMF has been doing for, for decades now. I mean, like, dude, I, I think it's a, it's an evil fiat institution. And I don't say that lightly, bro. I don't say that. I don't say those words lightly, the evil fiat institution that I think has been, you know, really taking advantage of all these poor countries. And now when, you know, the, these, these developing countries have an alternative to that system and it's a better alternative, uh, of course they're incentivized to lie about it. Of course they're incentivized to throw shit at it. I mean, remember that article by Naim Bukele, don't drink the elite's Kool-Aid. I mean, he says it right there, right? They're going to lie. They're going to, they're going to smear. They're going to misrepresent. They're going to print. They're going to do whatever it takes in order to maintain that, that privilege of being able to create money for free that everyone else has to work for. Full stop, you know? So anyways, Opti, what's your take? I mean, you know, poor, poor, poor Kuwaitis. I know it's a very wealthy kind of small oil rich country, but at the same time, you know, they, they are shooting themselves in the metaphorical foot at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before in the past. I love seeing governments try to ban Bitcoin uh, because it just goes to show why you need uncensorable money. <laughs> like, uh, thank you, Kuwait, for making our point for us. Like, Kuwait will not stop the use of Bitcoin uh, globally, let alone in their own country. This will just try to affect people to use Bitcoin. Uh, if Bitcoin was so useless, why the need to ban it? Like, if, if you know, Bitcoin was no threat, why do you need to ban it? Like, these are the questions that I think people will ask themselves, maybe not uh, right away, but uh, Bitcoin is the separation of money and state, and Honey Badger don't care. So you can't ban Bitcoin. You can only ban yourself from Bitcoin. Kuwait's leadership hates its citizens. Convince me otherwise. Bitcoin is halal. Embrace Bitcoin. And <laughs> if you are in Kuwait, uh, this should this should be a clear signal why you should have some money in Bitcoin, why you should have some savings in Bitcoin, because they they can't stop it. Like it, this is a global phenomenon. And uh, again, if your government wants you to not use a money that separates the state from your money. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's clear signal for me. That's a buy signal if I've ever seen one. That is a buy signal. That's that's a that's a pure buy signal. It's it's an obvious buy signal. Anyways, anyways, guys, let's uh let's move on to the big news for today. So two two crazy things are happening at the same time. Today's the day. The Federal, the Federal Reserve, the Fed launches long-awaited instant payment service. I always tell you guys about the framing and how, how framing is important in media, right? The long-awaited instant payments, like who's awaiting it? I'm not awaiting it. I don't think, like, if you were to approach an everyday person on the street and you were like, yo, are you excited about the Fed now? They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? So, I mean, like, it's, 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 remember, and remember the hit pieces released by Reuters, Right. So you you understand where what side of the fence they're on. They're not on Team Orange. They're on Team Green. They're on Team, team Central Bank Digital Currency. Anyways, um, so moving on, goes on to say the U.S. Federal Reserve has launched a long awaited service, which will aim to mo uh, modernize the country's payment system by eventually allowing everyday Americans to send and receive funds in seconds, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The central bank announced on Thursday, the quote, Fed now service service 
which has been in the works since 2019, will seek to eliminate the several-day lag it commonly takes cash transfers to settle, bringing the U.S. in line with countries including the United Kingdom, India, Brazil, as well as the European Union, which where similar services have existed for years. And remember, I, I suspect that this is the Trojan horse. Like this is the 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 you know the first foot in the door. Don't take it from Bitcoiners on the internet that RFK has said that. You know, Ron DeSantis has said this as well, right? So you have the governor of Florida, you have uh, you know you have a Democrat presidential uh, candidate, and they're both saying this. Like this is the Trojan horse. Like don't believe the you know the oh, this is just to make payments more efficient and, you know, forget about it. Um, anyways, it goes on to say FedNow is launching with 41 banks and 15 service providers certified to use the service, including community banks and large lenders like JP Morgan Chase, Bank of New York Mellon and U.S. Bank Corp. But the Fed plans to onboard more banks and credit unions this year. The Fed said on Thursday in a statement that 35 banks and credit unions were currently currently utilizing the service as well as the Treasury Department's Bureau of Fiscal Service. The service will complete with will compete with private sector real-time payment systems including the clearinghouse's RTP network and was initially opposed by big banks who said it was redundant. But many have since agreed to participate on the basis FedNow will allow them to expand their services that they can offer clients. For us, quote, FedNow really is a wonderful way of expanding reach. It goes on to say, unlike peer-to-peer -peer payments like services like Venmo and PayPal. Now, here's the thing, right? I, I'm telling you guys, like wording is really fucking important, right? Unlike peer-to-peer -peer services, Venmo and PayPal aren't peer-to-peer. All right, like if I pay, if I send money to Opti via Venmo or Venmo or, Pay, or PayPal, it is I send it, it goes through an intermediary, which is PayPal, and then it goes to Opti. But remember the framing, right? It's like unlike peer-to-peer -peer services, like they're trying to incept you with an idea. It's like the when they're using the terms hosted wallet versus unhosted wallet. Framing and wording is really, really important. Anyways, it goes on to say, unlike peer-to-peer -peer payment services like Venmo or PayPal, which acts as intermediaries between banks, payments made via FedNow will settle directly in central bank accounts. The Fed also operates a real-time payment system called FedWire, but that res that's reserved for large-scale, mostly corporate payments, and is only operational during business hours. While the FedNow system is for everyone, it's likely to benefit consumers and small businesses the most. Quote, we want our clients to benefit from these capabilities, and we want them to be a they we want that to be a competitive edge for us. Smaller banks, which often connect to Fed, Fed wire via larger lenders, encourage the Fed to develop FedNow, arguing that it would allow them access to real-time payments without having to pay larger competitors for the service. Anyways, um, here's my take on all this. Um, I believe that this is a response to Bitcoin. I think that this is no... I think that this isn't necessary when something like Bitcoin exists. Um, I think that this was solely developed um, so that governments can't governments and the state can retain control of money. I think it's a solution. I think it's a it's a solution searching for a problem now that we clearly have a better system. That system is Bitcoin. And I think, you know, there's been Bitcoin entrepreneurs that have proven 
right? That you don't necessarily have to use Bitcoin, the commodity, but you can use the Bitcoin network to facilitate instantaneous payments, right? So again, I think that this is a, a you know, a solution searching for a problem. Anyways, uh, I kind of want to pivot a little bit and talk about, you know, the paper. So, and, and again, lots of coincidences. The, the, these two announcements came uh, very closely to each other in terms of days. Uh, but I want to focus on this, right? This is a, this is a, uh, a study by or a research paper done by the Treasury. Um, and it was done late last year. And it was a response to an executive order that was released by the Biden administration, right? And the name of the paper is The Future of Money and, pay and Payments. And if you go to it, there's a specific section where they focus on what they believe are the future of money and payments. And it's on page uh, it's on page uh, 14. And in that page, right, it's really it's really, really interesting. I could find it. Here we go. 13, 14. Recent innovations in money and payments. Recent years have seen innovations in money, US, in, in money, U.S. retail and wholesale payments and cross-border payments. Some of these innovations build additional user functionality on top of existing payment systems, but two innovations are more fundamental, therefore may have far-reaching implications. Instant payment systems and stablecoins. Instant payment systems are an important upgrade to the current payment system. Stablecoins aspire to be a new type of money supported by a novel payments technology. However, stablecoins present a greater number of risks related to their financial and technological characteristics compared to instant payments and other existing forms of money and payments, make it, making it more difficult to predict the impact of stablecoins on the future of money and payments, right? Now, what's really interesting, though, right, is that they're talking about the instant payment systems. Well, they just released their version of an instant payment system that's not in the hands of the private sector, like Venmo, like Cash, like Cash App, like, uh, you know, a bunch of others, PayPal. Um, but isn't it weird that they literally have a research report called Rec Recent Innovations in Money and Payments, and they completely leave Bitcoin out of the report altogether? And you know what they focus on a lot? In this report, the introduction of central bank digital currencies. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? It's a, lot of, it's a lot of coincidences. But at the same time, this is why I find this so fascinating. Here's a research paper that was released by the Federal, bank, uh, Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland. I'm going to read you uh, the, the initial paragraph. But they're basically admitting that the Lightning Network has turned Bitcoin into money. So the same day or roughly around the same day that the Federal Reserve officially launched the CBDC in the United States of America or the, the Trojan horse to the CBDC is around the same time that the Federal Reserve or one of the branches of, of the Federal Reserve has finally admitted that, uh, you know, that Bitcoin is money. Anyways, it goes on to say the Lightning Network is a means of netting Bitcoin payments outside the blockchain. We find a significant association between Lightning adoption and reduced blockchain congestion, suggesting that Lightning has helped improve the efficiency of Bitcoin as a means of payment. But if you kind of go, if you go back to this, there is no mention of Lightning in, you know, in the Treasury reports. Um, it's just, it's just interesting how they just leave that out altogether. And you have to ask yourself, like, why would they leave it out altogether? Um, anyways, it goes on to say this improvement cannot be explained by other factors such as changes in demand or the adoption of SegWit, 
We find mixed evidence on whether increased centralization in the Lightning Network has approved its efficiency. Our findings have implications for the future of cryptocurrencies as a means of payment. And here's the, the, the funny one and their environmental impact. Right. So it's just interesting. Very, very interesting that all these things are happening at the same time. Um, here's what I got to say. Um, I think Fed now is definitely the first iteration of a CBDC in the US. Uh, we know that they don't have the political support to, uh, you know, pass it in Congress. Uh, there's some states, including Florida, that have all like they've just banned it outright. Um, so I think that they're really trying to use the back door. The, 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 the current administration has talked about how they want to roll out a CBDC uh, that in that paper called the future of money and payments, they talk about the necessity of having a CBDC. And I think the smoking gun is uh, the fact that they just completely leave out Bitcoin as a form of money, as a form of payments. And I believe that they leave out Bitcoin, not because they, you know, they're like, oh, you're like, we can't create a, a more efficient payment system than Bitcoin. I think they leave out Bitcoin because if they acknowledge it, I think that they would have to acknowledge that a money can exist without inflation. And if a money can exist without inflation, goodbye to one trillion dollar deficit spending in the U.S. Goodbye to governments spending money they don't have. Goodbye to endless wars. Goodbye to the uh, the enrichment of politicians that are close to the fiat money spigot. Why is it that some House, uh, some members of the House of Representatives and some members of Congress are worth tens of millions of dollars, even though they're supposedly on a uh, government salary? Why is that? So it's a very important question, right? It's just like common sense. Like, why is that happening? Well, it's because of their proximity to the fiat money printer, right? So anyways, just uh, very interesting where we are in this moment in time. But at the same time, you know, they, they at least a branch of the Fed has admitted the fact that, hey, you know what? Because of lightning, now Bitcoin is money. And that completely contradicts the Treasury stance on it. And that completely contradicts the White House's stance on it as well. And we had Caitlin Long on uh, two days ago. The episode drops on Saturday. And she admitted uh, on that episode, she, she's come on twice on the show, but she admitted because uh, Larry asked her, um, uh, you know, why was custodia like why were they why were they denied a federal banking charter? And she said the orders came straight from the White House. Right. And remember the presidential economic report that came out a couple months ago, they dedicated 20 entire pages of that report, making the case as to why a central bank is necessary to financial stability. Um, and making the case as to why CBDC is necessary and also making the case, most importantly, that Bitcoin can never be money because Bitcoin is in fact by the state, right? So, oh my God, so many things are happening. Crazy, crazy news day. Uh, Opti, I think, I think we're, I think we stay winning, brother. I think we stay, we stay winning. We just got to keep shining the light of truth on this man we just gotta shine the light we, we can't get stuck in the left and right bullshit the, the the divide and conquer strategy we just gotta shine the light you know and and uh and i think uh just get people to take the orange pill come on our side it's a lot it's a lot nicer here it's a lot more hopeful it's, optimistic it's so beautiful optimistic it's a lot more optimistic 
wouldn't you, you know, say? Uh, I do have a take on this, but before I get into that, before I forget, um, it's very interesting, like what we do here every single day on Simply Bitcoin is because remember what they're trying to do with like the Ministry of Truth stuff, you know, they're, they're trying to black hole so much information. And what we do is we just constantly bring the receipts and counter all the BS from the corporate press and, you know, just show the hypocrisy every single day and just continue to shed that light on the idea that they're just trying to keep people distracted, you know, keep them in the left and right divide when it's really all about the money. And, you know, what's the what's the meme? Follow the money and you'll see what is actually going on. And this is what we constantly do. Just follow the money trail and it becomes very obvious what is actually going on. That's why we always say fix the money, fix the world. But anyways, on the articles that you just showed, uh, I really love how uh, the Fed has done everything in its power to say that the Fed now is not a CBDC. Like, yes, maybe, you know, technically speaking, it isn't the full blown version, fleshed out version of a no, CBDC. No, don't even buy into that. I know, I know, I know. That's the point. That's the point. Like, that's their narrative. It's like, oh, you know, like this isn't really a CBDC, but like it's kind of a CBDC. Like, trust us, guys. We aren't trying to do anything nefarious. Again, do not call CBDC central bank digital currency. It's all about central bank digital control. This is the framing that we need to continue to double down. And again, what's the memetics? Uh, nothing is more official than the official denial. So obviously, them officially coming out, like, this isn't a CBDC, bro. Trust us. It, it's just hilarious. Like, if it wasn't so nefarious and disgusting, like we'd be laughing, except we just get pissed off and start ranting. But it is very interesting the amount of banks and rather that it's all the biggest banks in the US that have joined this FedNow system. Uh, things that make you say, hmm, it's almost like they are trying to corral every single US citizen into this system. And like you pointed out, the framing of the FedNow in that article, uh, I think it is, is further proof that these initiatives are being rolled out because of Bitcoin and Bitcoin has forced that narrative. Um, again, they have to compete on the free market now and the entrepreneurs out there, the Bitcoin entrepreneurs, all you Bitcoiners out there uh, have proven time and time again that they cannot compete on the free market. As, as I say all the time, and uh, I think I think this makes Nico feel bad or weird when I always say this, it's like, you can't trust the government to do anything efficient. The, the bureaucrats out there just mess everything up. And here we are just constantly seeing that they can try to frame this however they want, but they, they just fail at everything. And I really love that peer-to-peer -peer thing that you just <laughs> destroyed, like peer-to-peer <laughs> -peer payments between Venmo and whatever they said. Like that is absolutely laughable. It's, it's again, if it wasn't so disgusting and nefarious, we could just sit here and laugh about it. But we keep keep bringing the receipts on this. And hey, the, the game's been exposed. But to that last article from the Fed, the Cleveland Fed, I think that Fed article headline, Lightning Network Turning Bitcoin Into Money, is just amazing. It's just like a wow. Like the, winning so hard. It's absolutely just awesome to see that even in their official writings, as much as they try to frame this as like Bitcoiners are losing and Bitcoin isn't the future of money, they keep saying the quiet part out loud, whether that is we want to control your transactions completely. We want surgical control of your transactions. Uh, we want to... <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, sorry, Nico. We want to make you poorer by design. Um, and then they come out and say, like, hey, Bitcoin, maybe, wait, maybe there's something here in the Lightning Network and maybe it actually is the future of money. But hey, let's just dig it in some other noise so that you forget what's actually going on. And this is the genius of what we keep doing is just bringing the receipts, exposing uh, the parasites with, with a little bit of light, and they scatter like cockroaches. It's absolutely awesome to be a bitcoiner and have that foundation of truth and and the basic fundamentals of bitcoin just continue to expose all the hypocrisy all the bad incentives of the fiat world and slowly but surely all the ripples are going to fade away obviously this is going to take a long time we are turning the titanic around but man if you ever had doubt that bitcoin isn't the way hey just ask the fed <laughs> Bitcoin is money. <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin. I mean, I mean, it depends. It depends who you ask. I feel. I feel like they're they're kind of they're they may be a bit divided. Anyways, anyways, guys. Before we move on, I want to give a shout out to the uh, one of our sponsors. Definitely, you definitely want to check them out. They're uh, they're uh, one of the best places to actually connect with Bitcoiners in real life. And of course, I'm talking about the Orange Pill app. They are building the social layer for Bitcoin. As crazy as it sounds, without the people, Bitcoin is just ones and zeros. Bitcoin is the people. Bitcoin is you. It's me. It's Opti. It's Satoshi. Download the Orange Pill app for iOS or Android and connect, connect with other Bitcoiners in real life today. Find other Bitcoiners that live near you. And you can even go into the app totally anon and search for other Bitcoiners by common interest. Orange Palap is also the world's biggest repository for Bitcoin-only events. If you want to meet other Bitcoiners in real life, this is the app for you. Sign up through the App Store, and you can even pay in sats. Download the Orange Pill app today. Stack friends who stack sats. Anyways, everybody, no more delay. Let's jump straight into the culture. I think Opti has a... a good I'm going to rant. I'm ranting today. Okay, Opti's getting on his soapbox. I'm excited. Yes, I am. All right. All right, let's do this, boys. Here we go. Boys and girls. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right, guys, I want to tell you about the largest Bitcoin festival on the West Coast, Pacific, the Pacific Bitcoin Festival, it's literally in an airplane hangar. It's awesome. It's a vibe. It's a feeling. The energy, it's 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 awesome. You guys don't want to miss it. I think Opti and I are going to be there. I'm going to be there for sure. October 5th through the 6th, 2023, Los Angeles, California. Speakers include Lynn Alden, Greg Foss, Alex Gladstein, Preston Pish, Corey Clipston, and many, many more to be announced. And you could use the promo code SIMPLY to get 20% off your tickets to the Pacific Bitcoin Festival in Los Angeles, California. Anyways, Opti, uh, what are we talking about today, my friend? All right, Nico, I think you're going to love this video here. Uh, I think this is going to be a good one to get you triggered. But anyways, guys, I brought this up yesterday. Actually, me and Dell both brought it up, but we didn't actually get enough time to play you the clip itself because, again, it just exposes the incentives. It exposes their narrative. It exposes the game wide open. And again, just to rehash for you guys that maybe weren't here yesterday or forget what I'm talking about, we have this tweet here by American Hot and he goes, anti-human technocrat think boy Yuval Harari was on Lex Friedman recently, and here he talks about Bitcoin. Pay specific attention to the last sentence. 
about Bitcoin. It's a story around the math, which is the real magic. So again, uh, this was Yuval Hawari on Lex, Lex Friedman's podcast. And this is just a short snippet, but this really doubles down on the idea that we've been hearing recently about, you know, money being a story or Bitcoin being a story, that money is a shared hallucination and basically running on the idea that, oh, money can be anything we say it is. Just as long as we say it is, it'll be money. And the reason I wanted to bring this up today is because we're going to break down the idea of what money is and what the money properties are. We, we pretty much destroyed the whole idea of money is just story yesterday but let's listen to this video because I, I think it's important to hear it from the horse's mouth himself so here we go it's the same thing with economics people think oh economics this is rational it has nothing to do with fictional stories no money is the most successful story ever told much more successful than any religious mythology not everybody believes in god or in the same god everybody almost everybody believes in money even though it's just a figment of our imagination you know, you take these green pieces of paper, dollars, they have no value. You can't eat them, you can't drink them. And today, most dollars are not even pieces of paper. They are just electronic information passing between computers. We value them just for one reason, that you have the best storytellers in the world. The bankers, the finance ministers, all these people, they are the best storytellers ever. And they tell us a story that this green little piece of paper or this bit of information, it is worth a banana. And as long as everybody believes it, it works. So at which point does a fiction, when it's sufficiently useful and effective and improving the global quality of life, does it become like accepted reality? Like there's a threshold in which it's people just... believe it. It's like with money. Yeah. You know, if you start a new cryptocurrency, if, if you're the only one that believes the story, I mean, again, you, you, you cryptocurrencies, you have the math, of course, but ultimately it's storytelling. Yeah. You're selling people a story. If nobody believes your story, you don't have anything. But if lots of people believe the Bitcoin story, the Bitcoin can be worth thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. Again, why? I mean, you can't eat it, you can't drink it, it's nothing. It's the story around the, the math, which is the real magic. Interesting that he said what we always say, but it is uh, pretty funny that people just double down on the idea of, of uh, you know, Bitcoin is just a story. And if we tell a better story that then that will be money, which in, in context to what Nico just showed us about the CBDC and the Fed now, is that not what they're trying to do is roll out their CBDC system, the Fed now system and say, hey, look, we have a better story than Bitcoin and just trust us, bro. Like this isn't about central bank digital control. This is about faster digital payments and innovation. Anyways, I wanted to break down the idea because we talked about it yesterday. The ideas of the be best money has certain properties. And, and you can't just make a story up and say that, oh, this is the new money. You can only do that if you have the monopoly on violence, which the state does, which most Keynesians love to double down on the idea that only a state-issued money can be currency. And now we have a free market money, which is Bitcoin. Anyways, I'm over here on Bitcoin Magazine, got this article by Eric Yates called Bitcoin Dimensions of Money. And uh, he kind of did a nice little synapse here of the purpose of money. So people specialize to achieve economies of scale and scope. 
Specialization necessitates trade. Trade necessitates money. Before money, systems of barter were used that inefficiently required a coincidence of interest. In small groups, this was possible, but as organizations scaled, these coincidences became increasingly burdensome. As groups grew larger, those which utilized forms of money to facilitate transactions and store wealth were able to become more specialized in their productive capacities, allowing more sophisticated forms of organization to emerge and living standards to rise. The purpose of money is to facilitate trade, which allows groups to specialize and organize with greater complexity. Defining money, barter systems are forms of direct trade, while monetary systems are forms of indirect trade. Goods used in indirect trade are naturally converged upon. Again, naturally converged upon, i.e. chosen freely through iterations of trade because they have properties that most people want most often. Goods that maintain these properties are desired because they are most likely to present a coincidence of interest with other parties. In this sense, money enables a system of indirect change. Or as Karl Menger wrote in The Origins of Money, define the relative ability for a good to be sold in a given market at the time and price desired as a good saleability. Market participants converge upon the most saleable commodity over time through many transactions. Eventually, the good that is most widely accepted and best maintained value over time will become money. By using money, market participants can protect themselves from depending on any coincidence of interest in the future. Now, doubling down on the idea of what are the best properties for money, we jump over here to Vijay Boyaparty's The Bullish Case for Bitcoin. If you have not read this or listened to it, highly recommend you make it through this because it really not only thoroughly destroys the idea of Keynesians and, uh, you know, state-backed money. Uh, it explains the bullish case for Bitcoin. Anyways, we go into this article. When stores of value compete against each other, it is the specific attributes that make a good store of value that allows one to outcompete another at the margin and increase demand for it over time. While many goods have been used as stores of value as proto-money, certain attributes emerge that were particularly demanded and allowed goods with these attributes to outcompete others. And this is what we constantly say as Bitcoiners, that you can't just choose anything to be money. Yes, you can do that if you are being threatened by someone with guns, but money and especially now that we have a free market money they have certain properties and people will converge on those properties over time there isn't this like one uh conscious movement by all humans to get to that point over time through time and space people will make their way to the most saleable good in the economy something that stores its value through time and space this is the basics of it. Anyways, the properties of money that ha we have known and are starting to add to for the, for I don't know, since humans had money, are durable. The good must not be perishable or easily destroyed. It must be portable. The good must be easy to transport and store, making it possible to secure it against loss or theft and allowing it to facilitate long-distance trade. It's got to be fungible. One specimen of the good should be interchangeable with another of equal quantity. Without fungibility, the coincidence of wants problems remains unsolved. It's got to be very Verifiable. The good must be easy to quickly identify and verify as authentic. It's got to be divisible. The good must be easily subdivided. Hence why in the past there was gold and silver money. And, you know, now we have dollars, which is, you know, bills and coins and then scarce. As Nick Sabo termed it, a monetary good must have unforgeable costliness. In other words, the good must not be abundant or easy to either obtain or produce in quantity. Scarcity is perhaps the most important attribute of a store of value as it taps into the innate human desire to collect that which is rare. It is the source of the original value of store of value. 
The next is established history. And this is probably where Bitcoin gets the most beat up because it's only been around for 14 years. The longer the good is perceived to have been valuable by society, the greater its appeal as a store of value. And as we're constantly showing in the modern world, when there's everyone's getting deplatformed, the government's telling you what you can't and can't buy because everything is already digital. Censorship resistant is the newest attribute, which has become increasingly important in our modern digital society with pervasive surveillance in its censorship resistance. That is how difficult it is for an external party, such as a corporation or state, to prevent the owner of the good from keeping and using it. And we got this nice little chart here so that we can compare Bitcoin, gold, and fiat. You know, Bitcoin, maybe not as durable as gold, but it's more durable than fiat. Bitcoin is obviously more portable than gold and fiat. Digital money for the digital world. Send it across the world in 10 minutes. It's got a, it's a little less fungible than gold. Uh, it's more verifiable than Bitcoin. All you got to do is run a node, verify your money for yourself. Um, it is obviously divisible. We know this, sats, you know, 100 million sats in a Bitcoin. It is the most scarce thing on planet Earth. You cannot recreate digital scarcity. Yes, gold is pretty scarce, but fiat is literally unlimited. Unlimited divided by 21 million. And then, like we said, Bitcoin's established history is only 14 years old. Gold's been around for thousands of years. Fiat... Uh, in its current iteration, has only been around for, what, 100 years or so? Uh, Bitcoin censorship resistance, the only money that is censorship resistant in the world. Anyways, I jumped over here to uh, Parker Lewis's Gradually Then Suddenly series, another great article you guys should read. Uh, sometimes you got to just pull up the classics and, and reiterate the same message. And this is Bitcoin obsoletes all other money. Money is a necessity. Civilization as we know it would not exist without money. Without money, there would be no airplanes, no cars, no iPhones, and the ability to fulfill every basic necessity would become materially impaired. Millions of people could not peacefully inhabit a single city, state, or country without the function of money. Money is the economic good that allows food to reliably show up on grocery stores, gas to be at the gas station, electricity to power homes, clean water to be abundant, etc. It is money that makes the world turn and it would not turn in the way that most have taken for granted if not for the function of money. It is a massively underappreciated function, one that is poorly understood because it is generally not consciously considered. In the developed world, reliable money is taken as given. So too are the basic necessities delivered through the coordination function of money. Again, doubling down on this because this is the point of the conversation where we can thoroughly destroy Ben McKenzie and Yuval Harari. And this does not happen by chance. Some not so rigorous thinkers suggest that money is either a collective hallucination or that it derives value from the government. In reality, money is a tool that was invented by man to satisfy a very specific market need in facilitating trade. Money helps facilitate this activity by acting as an intermediary between a series of present and future exchanges. Without any conscious control or direction, market participants evaluate various different goods and converge on the tool with the properties best suited to facilitate the very express purpose of converting present value for future value. Whereas individual consumption preferences vary from person to person and change constantly, the need for exchange is practically universal and the function is distinctly uniform. For every individual, money allows for value produced in the present to be converted into consumption in the future. The value one places on a home, a car, food, 
food, leisure, etc., naturally changes over time and logically varies from person to person. But the need to consume and the need to communicate preferences does not change and applies to all individuals on an intersubjective basis. Again, breaking this one down, Parker Lewis is, is one of the one of the best uh, Bitcoin educators, in my opinion. Go read the whole series. But money exists to communicate these preferences and ultimately value. But recognizing that all value is subjective and not intrinsic, money forms the baseline to establish an expression of value and, more importantly, relative value. Money represents the collective recognition that everyone benefits from the existence of a common language to communicate individual preferences. It aggregates and measures the preferences of all individuals within an economy at any point in time, and it would not be possible or at the very least extremely inefficient to communicate value if not for a common constant upon which everyone could agree. Think of money as the constant against which to measure all other goods. If it does not exist, everyone would be a pra- in a practical standstill and not able to agree on the value of anything. Again, I brought this tweet up yesterday. Shouts out to Jeff Swan, Jeff Swan, Agarist View on Twitter, and he goes, if you think any can be anything can be money because it's just a shared fiction, you're going to have a bad time anything can't be money yes in certain scenarios you know like if you're in jail you can make cigarettes be money or you know over time they've convinced everyone that paper debt ious is money uh we know i think inherently that you do not want to hold something through time and space that another person can dilute what's the question nico always asks uh why are we being forced to a money that other people can create for free this is the fundamental question here digital scarcity is the innovation here 21 million hard cap yes it's digital money for a digital world but it's about storing your wealth in something that cannot be debased and again i'm doubling down and using hodl's tweet here because Hoddle is a great storyteller. And if we are going to talk about storytelling and and the only thing about Bitcoin is a story, we say it all the time. We understand that we are in the war for the hearts and minds of the masses. And this is about storytelling to some extent, but it's about communicating the money properties that make Bitcoin superior to all other monies or even currencies in the world. And the best store of value, medium of exchange and unit of account that we have, period. Here's Hado. Clear to me that Harari and the Weef, the Cantillon Forum, think they can compete with Bitcoin by copying its cryptography and telling a better story. Their story, live in a pod, eat bugs, subjugate yourself, a story so unpleasant it will only be repeated under duress at the barrel of a gun. Our story, live freely, trade freely, live a life of significance, own the fruits of your labor, and bow to no one. A story so beautiful people will defend it with their lives, a story that's American as apple pie. By the way, Bitcoin is not a shared fiction, but a shared recognition. And I brought the meme for this. An emerging understanding of something profoundly new and simultaneously ancient. You guys all have come to the conclusion that Bitcoin is the best money because you understand the money properties and you understand what is going on. Anyways, Nico, I realize I've been ranting for probably way too long, but it's so it's so simple. There is no way you can just say that, oh, this can be money unless you have the guns. What do we always say? The state has the monopoly on violence, and this is why Bitcoin is the separation of money and state. The only reason they can get away with all this crazy bullshit is because they can print unlimited money to fund whatever nonsense they have, irregardless, or wait, regardless of reality. Well, we are snapping back to reality. We're snapping back to base layer, and it is because Bitcoin. Beautiful, beautiful. Op Saint, they don't call him Saint Opti for no reason. I'm gonna give him a round of applause. Give me one second. 
Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, it, it comes out when the central planners are just like, yeah, Bitcoin is not money. It comes out in the Treasury uh, document that we just covered, right? Where, you know, the, in the in the eyes of the government, you know, it's it's like what they say is money is money. And everything else is, you know, it's not money, right? Um, I think that money is determined by the free market. I think the free market um, is going to say, look, this is money. This isn't money. And, and you know, and there's so many examples. I think that, that it, it tends to kind of flow to the thing that is scarcest. Because uh, I think that is the thing that is able to, uh, the thing that, it is not easy and it's not easy to replicate. It's not easy to kind of devalue, right? It's, it's, it's the market determines what is money. And I think that naturally the market flows into the scarcest asset. This is the scarcest thing. I think that's what, that's like the natural. What's it, what's it Gresham's law? Yeah. It's just like the natural tendency of things. So, you know, it's not what Christie Lagarde says is money. It's not what Janet Yellen or the treasury says it's money. It's what the market says it's money. The market gets to decide, like, this is money. Like, do you think that in Nigeria or in Venezuela or in Argentina or in Turkey, like, do you think that the people there, like, really take what their equivalent of, of the Treasury Secretary is saying on TV? Like, do, they, do you think that they really take them seriously? Or are they concerned about putting food on the table for their families? And if they were to use the state-approved money then they, that would be hard to do, right? So kind of Bitcoin comes along and it kind of completely redefines what money is. And, and I think it does that because of its scarcity. I think it does that because of its, of its properties as well, because of its ability to, you know, instantaneously be sent across the planet and settle within a block, right? Uh, that, that thing, that transaction ain't going anywhere. Um, and after three blocks, I would even say after two blocks, like that's, that's, that's irreversible. That's set in stone forever. So, I mean, Bitcoin is better money, but I think it, it really, that's a really important question to ask. What is money in the first place? Uh, what is money to you? Um, I would say money is, money is time. Money is energy. And if you have this, like, if you look at it from an energy perspective and you have a leaky battery um, and that over time that that battery just, you know, if it was at 100 percent, you know, ever so slowly, it depends where you are. Right. Because if you're in Argentina, that battery's like you like it's it's going down fast. But, you know, in, in, in the developed world, right, is that battery like it's, you know, the, the, the key, it's only it only loses two percent. Well, Imagine if the battery existed that not only did it not kind of lose its energy over time, it kept it, but not only did it keep it, that, that battery kind of charges itself in a way. Um, it actually, you know, it actually, it actually becomes, it, it, you know, it, it, it's able to, to increase over time. Um, it kind of changes dynamics altogether. And no matter how much this guy Harari or whatever tries to spin it, that it's a story and that it's this, it's just, it's anything that we say it is like economic reality has not shown that. Like if that were the case, then printing money wouldn't devalue other people's money. Like if we could just say, look, this money is whatever, whatever we say it is, which 
It totally is. Like money could be like Opti brought up the the example about the prisons, right? Like and like cigarettes become like this form of currency. Well, it's because it's like scarce in there, right? It's like very hard to get more of them. So it's like it kind of like naturally becomes this like transaction medium, this way to transact. Um, yeah, man, it's it's so interesting, but it's 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 fascinating watching these things clash. And I'm so glad that you played that clip because that's very similar to like the pompous C-list celebrity type of attitude when he went on CNBC and he was like, eh. like, it's like, okay, you can kind of deny it and you can go with your fictitious money all you want and your idea of what money is. But the market is telling me that Bitcoin is currently worth 29,730 US dollars and 10 years ago it was worth nothing. Um, so I'm choosing, right. Because of my incentives, I think incentives are important, uh, you know, to use this money because I believe it's better money, right? Do you know of another better money? Please let me know. Please let me know in the comments. I don't think there is one. Um, anyways, before we move on to the meme review and it's going to be a, it's going to be a long show, but it's okay. It's okay. You got to reclaim ownership of your money. Speaking of money. And the way that you do that is by running your own Bitcoin node. If you don't run your own Bitcoin node, uh, you're using someone else's Bitcoin node. Uh, you want to use your own Bitcoin node. And this is the Noddle. They make some of the best nodes ever. This is the Noddle one. It's a full Bitcoin node and also allows you to connect with the Lightning Network. It enables you to connect both with the Bitcoin and Lightning Networks. And your Noddle acts as a backend to the most popular Bitcoin and Lightning applications you want to run. Running a personal Bitcoin node is the greatest addition that you could do, uh, make to your financial privacy. And this is the Noddle Dojo. Yes, it's in red, and that definitely means it's faster, and I'm not joking. Run your own wallet backend with Samurai Dojo and enjoy the state-of-the-art coin joining with the Samurai Whirlpool, both straight out of your Noddle har uh, hardware. So guys, if you're not running your own Bitcoin node by now, definitely, definitely uh, run one. But no more delay. Let's jump straight into the Reamer review. The Daily Meme Review. Brought to you by Kaboom Racks. I get this question all the time. Nico, where should I buy Bitcoin miners? The answer is Kaboom Racks. It's the best place to buy Bitcoin miners. That's where you're going to find the best deals and the best prices. Start your mining utopia today. To check out their racks, you got to go to t.me slash Kaboom Racks. Join their Telegram group and start your mining journey today. Kaboom Racks. Kaboom. All right, guys, this is a meme review where you send me memes on Twitter. Tag me at Simply Bitcoin TV on Twitter to your awesome memes, or maybe you find someone else's awesome memes and you want it to get reviewed or drop the tweets in our Telegram group. We have a lot of people that drop just the just the snippet. I want to give people credit, you know, just the just the the picture itself, the JPEG. But if you get it on Twitter, drop the tweet itself so I can give the original creator credit for what he has done. Anyways, tweet to the bullets, memes of the artillery. We are in an information war. As you can tell, the trillion dollar PSYOP campaign is doing its best to try to convince you that money is a story and you can use anything as money as long as we tell you it is, peasant. Uh, they can go fuck themselves because we are Bitcoiners. We opted out of the madness. We have opted into a permissionless money that isn't 
going to be easily debased. Anyways, first meme. Shouts out to Nico. Well, shouts out to the therapist. And he goes, good morning. Uh, I'm actually going to kind of dunk on Nico and the therapist here because I think it's hilarious. But we got the 300 meme here. And we got Bitcoiners. First, they ignore you. And then we got Xerxes here as the dollar. And then they laugh at you. And then they got the dollar and the euro. And what's this? Yuan uh, fighting the Spartans because then they fight you. And then we have, I forget what's his, what's his name? The, the King, the main dude, uh, Leonidas. Then we got Leonidas yelling with Bitcoin behind it. And then you win. Uh, and then, and then we got Steven, uh, Levka here. He goes, but sir, that's not how that movie ends. And then Nika, damn it, Walker, you ruined it. Ruining the memes. This is what we do. Uh, actually, this is not how the movie works, but first, wait, what's the meme? Uh, first they fight you, then uh, they laugh at you. Then they, or first they ignore, then they laugh at you, then they and fight then, you, and then and we then win. You, and then you win, bro. Then so win. we're in the uh, then they fight you stage, guys. So it's only a matter of time until we win. Let's go. Okay, this next one is by Julian underscore Lineager uh, at Relay App, and he goes, "Bitcoin is dead." And I love these memes because it constantly explains. That everyone thinks Bitcoin is just tulips. Bitcoin is a bubble. Bitcoin is dead, and all the Bitcoin obituaries out there. But Bitcoin never dies. Okay, <laughs> so we got the historical Bitcoin price here, and it goes. Bitcoin is a bubble when it goes up, and then it drops, and you know crashes in a bear market. Bitcoin is dead, and Bitcoin is a bubble, and Bitcoin is dead, and Bitcoin is a bubble, and they will be saying this until Bitcoin gets to the millions until Bitcoin is the world reserve currency. They will literally say Bitcoin is a bubble when it goes up, when it goes parabolic, and they will say it's dead when it corrects. And one day it won't correct. Okay, this next one is by RDBTC, one of our boys. And he's got Peter Griffin here, and it goes, hodling Bitcoin be like, and you see Peter Griffin here just squinting eyes with laser eyes, and everyone's freaking out around him, and he is just sitting still, hasn't moved in days and months and he's just holding on to his position. Hodling Bitcoin be like this. You just stack sats, take your Bitcoin into self-custody, let everyone freak out around you, let the Bitcoin price get super volatile. And what do you do? You just keep stacking. You keep hodling because nothing's changed. The fundamentals of Bitcoin have not changed. It's only people's understanding of what Bitcoin is that has changed. It's a fiat currency that is volatile, not Bitcoin. Bitcoin is constant. You know, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Sats are my stable coins. Anyways, this next meme is by at Bitcoin Bully Boy. And he goes, I made my first meme. Uh, at memeing Bitcoin at simply Bitcoin TV hashtag stay humble stack sats and I think this is a this is a cl a clever tongue in cheek alternative of stay humble stack sats and we got a train going off a broken bridge into the depths. This might actually be like a um, old western movie, spaghetti western movie. I forget. Anyways, he goes remain vain and stay on the fiat choo choo train or. Stay humble and stack sets. I don't know. The choice is yours. You can opt into freedom money. You can opt into a money that doesn't get debased, or you can uh, get forced to use Fed now. The choice is yours. <laughs> Why you still have the choice, I would make the choice. Anyways, this next meme is by BTC Pins, and he's doing the classic Anakin Padme meme here. And we go, Anakin going, I'm going to back the US dollar with Bitcoin. And Padme goes, it will be fully redeemable for Bitcoin, right? And he does a smirk. And then she goes, wait. I'll just keep using Bitcoin then. Go fuck yourself. It's Bitcoin, guys. I'm not here to fix the, the dollar. We are here to stack them sats and let Bitcoin be the new reserve currency. Anyways, this next meme is by at empty underscore banks or aka run the banks. And he goes, just a reminder, reminder 
They will do everything in their power to stay relevant, hoping to avoid the inevitable. It will be a slow process, but inescapable. You thought politicians pandering for dollars was bad. These clowns pandering for your Bitcoin will be on a whole new level. Stay true to the old saying, Bitcoin exposes corruption. And we have a Bitcoin. What is this thing called again? A steamroller? Bitcoin steamroller. Steamrolling all of fiat currencies. And this last one, shout out to our boy Vikingo, who's added to the lexicon of stay humble, stack sad, stay humble, stack sad, stay solvent. This is what you need to remember. Anyways, he's got a picture here of a tunnel and the light at the end of the tunnel. And Vikingo goes, can you see the light at the end of the tunnel, Anon? Are you solvent enough to make it to the other side? Stay humble, stack sad, stay solvent. This is the way. Continue to hodl those coins. Continue to stay humble as we win and usher in the bright orange future. Anyways, drop your meme review score in the chat over there on the other side of Nico, and we will cover ours live. Uh, all right, let me see. <laughs> Let's go. All right, so I'm using, again, our boy, 99 signs. He might be a Bitcoin maximalist, and I'm just random. You might think that I planned this, but I'm not. Uh, I just opened up a page, and we're at sign 52. You believe that Bitcoin is the hardest money ever created. Wow. What's the, what's the saying, Nico? There are no coincidences. There are no conspiracies, <laughs> but there are also no coincidences. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. I am going to give it. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Hmm. Dig, oh, dig oh. through the trinkets. Oh, oh, oh. This thing. This like fascia thing for your skin. I can't see. I can't see. It, like massages. Show me. Oh, the, the, what is it? Yeah. Like the metal thing. It like stretches, I, yeah. like for your okay. fascia. Yeah. If you know, you know. If, if you don't, I don't think know, you're, you're like, say, I don't think you're saying it right. No, but no, I, know I, what you're I swear. It's like to stretch the fat. Like if you have so like muscle sores and stuff. It's I don't that. think it's called fascia though. No, it's the fat. Fascia is like the, <laughs> the skin between. It's what holds the skin with the muscles. It's like, okay. it's like spice, you know. If you know, you know. Well, at least you use it. Like at least you use the meme correctly. If you know, you know. I, Y, K, Y, K. <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, guys, um, if you, um, if, uh, if, uh, if, um, <laughs> if, let us know your meme scores. Put them in the in the live. We got chat. some. We got some. We got some. And uh, okay, first one. I give those memes a Bitcoin sticker from Blockstream. Um, the P Man Van. Here's to the Fatfa Augustine Carsons <laughs> eating all fiat. Everyone was saying, "Wait, you saying Fatfa?" Or you know what I'm saying? You know what we're saying. Elaine Opti wins Saturday night night. Fever dance contest at Pacific Bitcoin Festival. Shirt framed and hung in Bitcoin Casino. <laughs> hey, this shirt's comfy. You know how to dance? Dude, I got some moves. Um, Satwise Janks. I give these memes. Gotham's Joker and Penguin spit roasting Ben McKenzie's Jim Court. <laughs> Yo, okay. Whoa, whoa. All right. Hey, UTXO, my meme review score is Opti's blood caffeine level. <laughs> They're high. They got to be enough to kill an elephant. Very nice, very nice. Uh, let me see, let me see. I think that might be it. There, I might have missed one though. Yeah. Oh wait, here we go, here we go. Yeah, I did miss one. Randy B, uh, <laughs> I score the memes Opti's pajama top. <laughs> it's not pajama. It's uh, 
I want to say it's French Terry, but it, it feels like a towel. It's like a towel. It's not a pajama top. It's a vacation shirt. Your boy's on vacation every day now. I, it's a vibe. A Hawaiian shirt vibe forever. <laughs> All right, one more, one more. All right, uh, Ranmore uh, score Bitcoin. Sorry, I, I'm I didn't I didn't check that one. Okay. Uh, Dennis Lesson. Meme score, give them all one of Mike's monsters like shit coins. Not good for him. All right. right, right. Mike getting roasted. That's from the other day. Mike was drinking a monster energy drink and he was getting roasted. Jemacito, I give the memes the Bukele 2024. All right. All right. That's it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's not because. Yeah, there we go. There we go. It's not because we run out. It's because of the buzzer. It's because of the buzzer. (laughs) Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to smash that like button. If you feel like we provide you value, consider subscribing. I'm your host, Nico. is my legendary co-host, Opti, always optimistic. And if you want to join the after party, join us on Twitter Spaces, which we co-host with our friends over at Swan Bitcoin, the best place to build your Bitcoin stack. Shout out to the best producer in the game, producer Jacob. Guys, we love you all. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, stay humble, stack sats, and stay solvent. Peace out, everybody. That we are going into Twitter spaces. Anyways, you already know the deal. This is a Bitcoin only space by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. So come up here, add your two sats to the conversation. I do not want to sit here and rant for another 30 minutes because I feel like I've ranted enough. So come up here. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about what happened on the show. Maybe 